You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne on Tuesday, 8th of September, 2020. On this day in 1966, the first episode of Star Trek aired on American television. Though it only lasted for three seasons, it was the foundation for one of the most enduring science fiction television franchises. I'm old enough to remember watching those first programmes on Irish television with sets and effects that seem so rudimentary today. Different generations have grown up with the original and subsequent iterations of Star Trek, each of them becoming more slick and sophisticated. We easily remember the characters, from the Enterprise's captain, James Kirk, through Mr. Spock, the emotionless Vulcan, and the chief engineer, Scotty. But who was the man behind it all, whose name still appears on any Star Trek programme or movie credits? The creator and writer of Star Trek was Gene Roddenberry, son of a Los Angeles police officer, although born in Texas in 1921. During World War II, he flew combat missions with the US Army Air Force, later became a commercial pilot with Pan Am, during which he was the hero of a crash in the Syrian desert, pulling injured passengers out of the burning plane and leading 19 survivors to get help. He was by then very interested in writing, especially for television, which was opening up many opportunities. Returning to Los Angeles, he followed his father's footsteps and joined the police department. His writing skills brought him to the Public Information Division, and during seven years he worked with the LAPD, while at the same time writing TV scripts under a pseudonym. He was pretty successful, and in 1956 he resigned his police career to concentrate full-time as a writer. He wrote for a number of series, some of which will be remembered by older TV Western fans, including Bat Masterson and Have Gun Will Travel. Eventually he got a full-time job with production company Screen Gems, which lasted until 1961. As well as writing and developing scripts, he gained experience there as a producer. From an earlier idea he'd developed about a multi-ethnic crew on an airship travelling around the world, he expanded it to become a space travel science fiction pitch in 1964, which he sent to MGM. It was rejected. He was hired by Desilu Productions, owner of the I Love Lucy series, as a producer, and with head of programming there, Oscar Katz, they pitched Star Trek unsuccessfully to the CBS network. It was subsequently taken up by NBC. A first pilot didn't impress test audiences, but a second one, where no man has gone before, subsequently did enough for the network to commission a 13-part series. The first episode didn't achieve very good ratings, but a letter-writing campaign to the studio, organised by Roddenberry, helped to push the show. The series was confirmed for the full season, and a second season was also ordered. A third season was on shaky ground, and the producer enlisted the help of science writer Isaac Asimov and a thousand students to march on the studio, showing their support. Around 6,000 letters a week arrived at the studio from a fan base which was to become the nucleus of the later Trekkies. A third season was agreed, but the programme was shifted to a lesser time slot. Roddenberry resigned from his day-to-day duties with the series, and the last episode aired just 47 days before Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon. 
In the early 1970s, Roddenberry was in financial difficulties, partly because the original series made no money for the production company, partly because of alimony commitments following a divorce. He began picking up income by attending science fiction conventions as a speaker, and this gradually built up a base of Trekkies demanding the return of the series. Some 15,000 fans attended the third Star Trek convention in 1974. In 1977, Star Trek The Motion Picture proved an unexpected box office hit. It was created and produced by Roddenberry and had most of the original cast. Roddenberry was an executive consultant on two subsequent movies, but his role in reality was mostly to communicate with the fan base. In 1987, the new TV series Star Trek The Next Generation, which Roddenberry had been involved in developing, premiered. His financial fortunes were revived, but his role in the series lessened significantly after the first season. His health deteriorated, probably through his long-time use of alcohol and drugs to help him work long and late hours. He had a stroke in 1989, another in 1991, and he died in his doctor's office on 24th of October of that year at the age of 70. The following year, some of his ashes were flown into space on the Columbia Space Shuttle and returned to Earth. In 1997, some more, along with those of 23 other people, were launched into space on a rocket that five years later burned up on an unplanned re-entry to the Earth's atmosphere. A third mission to send the remainder of Roddenberry's ashes into deep space, along with those of his second wife and James Doohan, who played Scotty in the original series, has been deferred with no date currently planned. So, 54 years after the first episode of his name-making show, Gene Roddenberry is still waiting to go where no man has gone before. I'm Brian Byrne. Thanks for listening.